Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome back. A couple different things I want to talk about today, including the recent moves in the gold and silver market. It's really a, a great start to the week, and it's exactly what I sort of predicted towards the end of last week, and actually for, for several weeks now with, with gold knocking the door of 1500 But before I get to that, uh, a quick reminder, a big thing that I'm really pushing here as we head towards, towards year end is moving as much of my audience as possible away from YouTube onto various podcast platforms. It doesn't matter a whole lot to me which one you choose. I know the most popular one, at least with my podcast, is Apple Podcasts, but there's also Spotify and there's Stitcher and Pocket Cast and Podbean and a whole bunch of other ones uh, where you can follow me and, and move out of this, this YouTube world, this very Google-centric world, into a much more decentralized and free speech-friendly platform. It works better for me in terms of revenue. It works better for me, I think, in terms of visibility. I'm no longer at the whims of the YouTube algorithm. So, you know, with this push, I've been pushing this for probably less than a week now. And and guess what? I even shared yesterday that recently on Apple Podcasts, my podcast was ranked number 77 in terms of all the U.S.-based or in the United States investment podcasts. That's huge for me, 77. I mean, that's that's not top 10, that's not top 50, but there are so many investment podcasts out there. And I think it's not unreasonable with more of you guys following me over there, with you guys making the switch to, to crack the top 50, the top 20, top 10. Why not shoot for the stars here? But but it's all dependent on you guys helping me out. I appreciate those of you that have switched over thus far. Those of you that are listening to the podcast world, I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, to the rest of you, what are you guys waiting for? But moving to today's podcast, uh, like I said, gold and silver very good start to the week. And and again, this is sort of what I predicted last week uh, with silver and, and gold um, ultimately topping 1500 or at least gold topping 1500 by year end. That's a prediction I made uh, last week. And, and even before that, I, I talked about my high conviction prediction. This is probably two weeks ago with, with gold making a big move up here despite the fact that it appeared to be range bound. And sure enough, it was it was a textbook ascending triangle pattern. It kept finding resistance, kept finding resistance around 18, uh, 1480, 1483, around that level. And then it, it didn't blast through that. It just kind of slowly slipped above it. And and here we are, Christmas Eve, and, and gold's around uh, $1,500. Just shy of it, in fact, as I'm recording. And silver is doing even better. In fact, last time I checked, silver was at $17.70. We've seen the gold to silver ratio move down considerably. Uh, below uh, 85 to 1, which is still a far cry from where I expect it to be uh, in the future when, when this bull market really resumes with silver and gold. But but see gold back around 1500 silver up above 1750 is incredibly encouraging as we move into the new year. I mean, I'll remind you, you know, I talked about in my recent videos all the reasons for why gold and silver are likely to move up over the, the short to medium term heading into the first quarter of 2020. There's a seasonality, which is a huge driver, uh, through about mid-December through, you know, at least the end of January. Seasonality tends to be 
very positive for silver and gold, meaning during that time of year, just like during the summer, silver and gold sometimes can see a, a pretty significant dip. During January, you know, from the middle of December towards sometime in January, even to February or March some years, silver and gold can see a big move to the upside. And to see gold and silver doing just that, and it's not even the end of the year, it's not even Christmas yet, is is great. Um, so, so 1500 by the end of the year, I think, is pretty much a done deal. I, I don't want to jump the gun here. It's obviously finding a bit of resistance there as I speak, you know, here about a little after 11 o'clock here on, on Christmas Eve. Uh, but but it'll get there, I, I have no doubt. Um, but, but that's not the only thing. You know, the other big aspect to this is also uh, what's going on with the Federal Reserve and, and the financial markets right now. You know, I don't think, I'm a strong believer that you can't just inject that type of liquidity, print that type of money without an impact in the gold and silver markets, the currency markets and, and whatnot. Uh, you can't just get the, the results you want in, in the stock market and, and that be it. You know, there's going to be other consequences to that as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought I'd take some time here. You know, last year, I, well, yesterday, I put out a video podcast talking about how the Grinch, Jerome Powell, almost stole Christmas. And it was a, it's a bit of farcical, is a sarcastic video talking about where we were at a year ago here on Christmas Eve uh, with, with Steve Mnuchin the day prior making a phone call to all the major CEOs of the banks and, and on Christmas Eve, uh, uh, the, the plunge protection team convening because markets were essentially dipping into a, a bear market at that point. And of course, they were quickly ramped up as soon as basically they hit that 20%, or at least for like the Dow Jones or S&P, right around 20% drop. Sure enough, it was a, it was a 180. And, and, and since then, I think this is really astounding. In the last year from right now, the Dow Jones is up 37, or sorry, the S&P 500 is up 37% in the last year. The NASDAQ, which tends to be more boomer bust than, than the S&P oftentimes, and, and more recently, much more boom, much more bubblicious, up 47%. Now, gold and silver have had a good year since Christmas Eve of 2018. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, gold is up 18%. Silver is up a little over 20%. Right. So that's something to be positive about a big move up for silver and gold but the stock market has recovered even even much more than than they have right but when you do put it in perspective if you look at the stock market relative to not a year ago but let's say um their their highs in in 2018 uh which were uh, around i, I want to say october or september of that year you know we're looking at closer to a a uh a couple percentage points up from those highs for, for or sorry, um, looking at the stock markets since that point in time, um, not a couple percentage points, but, but far less than, than one would expect. You know, they've, they've had a great year since last Christmas Eve, but they're really not that far off from their, their highs in, in 2018, really not that great of a return. So unless you bought that low on Christmas Eve, your return, you know, if you've been buying and holding for the last couple of years or last two years, has been not as great as, as it would appear to be. You know, in the in the year or in the last uh, year to date, at least, you know, the stock market's up um, 30 plus percent for the S&P 500. But that certainly doesn't tell the whole story because of the, the huge drop that they had in the last quarter of, of 2018. Silver and gold, on the other hand, you know, if you look at them over the last year, like I said, um, up 
18% for gold, 20% for silver. That's really great. Over the last five years, you know, if we're looking over, uh, this would be dating back to, what, 2014, um, gold uh, up 21%. Uh, silver about even, up 2% over that time span. Um, but again, I mean, I think this is uh, a really interesting point in the markets um, to see gold and silver up a fair bit over 2018. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and uh, breaking through some key resistance levels while stocks are still at an all-time high. You know, it really makes me wonder when these stocks ultimately do come down back to earth, which they will ultimately, uh, what is, you know, what is silver and gold going to do in that environment? Because you have to understand that every time stocks have, have dropped by um, 5, you know, 10%, 15, 20% over the last couple of years, uh, the response by the Federal Reserve has been money printing and, and interest rate cuts and whatnot. You know, I talked about yesterday in that that's very sarcastic video that it's almost like a mandate from the Fed um, to to make sure that markets are always going up. And, and here I have it actually over the last since their highs in 2019, uh, the stock market is up anywhere from 10 to 15 percent. So it's a good return, right? Um, but but not nearly as high as the return they've had in the last year. I was trying to work that out on my chart here in the background while I'm talking here. But but that's a that's been the the thing that the Fed has been doing for the last ten years. Is every time the stock market or the economy looks like it's it's lagging behind, let's print money, let's let's send interest rates to lower, let's support 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 for the market and whatnot. And it's created a very dangerous situation. You know, uh, right now the Fed is is obviously ramping up their balance sheet. In fact, uh, according to their own guidance. Uh, their own balance sheet is probably going to be approaching four and a half trillion, which is basically the all-time high for the Fed balance sheet by the middle of January. It's a combination of uh, of a ton of uh, repo operations that that bridge that end of year period, as well as this ongoing quantitative easing, sixty billion dollars a month uh, short-term Treasury debt that they're buying right now. Four and a half billion, basically all-time highs by the end of the year, uh, and and to put that into perspective just how important that's been you know I, I actually saw a tweet you know there's some there's some people i follow on twitter that always just tweet out really great um really great stuff time and time again and and this one was actually by uh i'll have to find it here this one was by luke groman um of force for the trees he's a very bearish guy when it comes to u.s debt and whatnot and he's really great voice you know there's some other ones sven henrik there's some other ones that i follow pretty regularly uh, but this one was from him and it was uh i have a screenshot of it here and, and basically what he's saying here this is you know he's this is from darius dale he's replying to this darius dale and he says darius dale says i'm no plumbing expert but the 500 billion dollars seemed like a lot what kind of carnage is the federal reserve attempting to protect us from and uh Luke Roman essentially replies with, well, it, without this, imagine where we'd be at in terms of, of where rates would be at, right? Imagine without the Fed uh, intervening here, uh, the 
repo rate being at essentially 10%, right? And and the U.S. government having to borrow at, uh, let's see, here he has it here. Oh, this is an exact quote. Take repo rates back to 10% and then model what happens to the world if the U.S. government has to borrow at 11%, U.S. corporations at 11.5%, and mortgages at 12%. That's what the Fed is holding back with, with the suppression of interest rates and, and suppression of, of volatility, of, of risk in the markets. They are creating a very dangerous mixture, right? Um, so <laughs> this is just a, a friendly Christmas reminder for you guys that that uh, what the Fed is doing right now is uh, basically unprecedented, and, and it's vital to keeping the financial system as we know it moving smoothly. But of course, these types of actions can't be done without repercussions of, of inflation, of, of moral hazard, of, of traders, of, of borrowers, etc., um, taking on far more leverage, far more risk than they should be, uh, and ultimately leads to a larger and larger bubble, right? So, so I guess my prediction heading into 2020, first of all, for the silver and gold market is I would expect them to uh, continue to move higher into quarter one. I, 1,600, I think, I would not at all be surprised to see 1,600 gold by, by February of this year. By the end of February, um, and and silver, you know, closer to twenty dollar gold. Um, for the stock market, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more euphoria here. Uh, but you know, higher highs for the stock market kind of also plays into to what the Fed is going to do with their balance sheet in in twenty twenty. Um, for the first quarter, they're going to continue their QE, but I would expect them to at least remove some of the liquidity they've recently uh, injected um, in in January because they believe that the repo market is going to be able to stand on its own, or at least to some extent. So, so we will see some of that liquidity removed. I, I, there's a chance that it won't be. I think that the chance that the, all the liquidity is going to be removed, that the Fed is no longer going to intervene in repo markets for at least a, for a time, is, is not going to happen. They're, they're going to stay in the repo markets to some extent. They may remove some of the support that they're currently giving to it, but I think that's going to be key. I mean, removing a hundred, two hundred, three hundred billion dollars of liquidity is going to send stocks lower, right? Especially given their current valuations. With that being said, with how active the Fed has been recently, you know, with a stock market drop of ten percent in January or February, you know that that could be enough to send the Fed back into the markets, ramping up their QE or cutting rates or whatever. So, so that's kind of my forecast heading into 2020. Um, as always, thank you to to all my listeners, podcast and YouTube both. Although I prefer you guys switch to podcast, just being honest here. But thank you to all of you. I, I hope you guys have a, a great Christmas. Stay tuned for a bit of a Christmas oriented message tomorrow a couple minutes long but but as always thank you guys for tuning in i appreciate your guys' support a ton you know i, I commented yesterday if you guys want to give me a christmas present just a, start listening to me in, uh, in the podcast world but but honestly the most i could ask for from you guys is that you guys are here in the first place so thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today and god bless <laughs>